Welcome to the Bethel Church Sermon of the Week. You'll be able to find your weekly sermon podcasts in multiple languages at Bethel.com forward slash podcasts, as well as all other major podcast players. We hope you enjoy this sermon with our special guest speaker. To access other resources, visit Bethel.tv or shop.bethel.com. Good morning. They kind of cut me off, so let me try that again. I tell you what, God is on the move. Isn't it just beautiful to see what he's doing all over the world? You know, one of those last clips, that was just a couple weeks ago, uh, our missionaries, John and Tanya Lynch, holding a pastor's conference in Western Ukraine. Pastors who have just been going through absolutely you know, hell on the front lines of war, and they're in the midst of revival. People are so hungry for God. So this is what we get to do, church, uh, in missions. You know, our, our creative team kind of slipped in this picture. This is actually uh, from the region where we got to work for 15 years amongst uh, a mountain people way up in the Himalayas. And I want to tell you just a brief story uh, from our years there. We had the beautiful opportunity to have a whole bunch of BSSM short-term teams come out and visit us. And, you know, it's such a beautiful partnership uh, long-term mission work, people on the ground, and then short-term missions coming to infuse strength and a fresh faith. And of course, people on short-term missions get rocked and challenged as they see what God is doing. And so on, on one of these days, we were going to one of the holiest cities in the whole region because it's where their scriptures are actually printed. And just to paint a backdrop, intense security issues like Cameras on every street corner, uh, police presence. It's basically martial law. And so here we are, a few of us long-term missionaries in a BSSM team. <laughs> what is God going to do? Well, we spent time in the morning just worshiping, just in our hotel room, just going after his presence together. And he gave us a word. The word was invitation. And as we processed that, I felt like we're going to go out and as we pray over this town, wherever we receive an invitation, we're going to move on that. And so we began walking around the town. And before too long, this little lady with this uh, stick basket on her back full of dirt, she did one of these things to me. I looked at the team and I said, that's an invitation. <laughs> I went up to her. I said, can I take that off your back? Because in their culture, it's usually the women that do the back-breaking work. But she allowed me to do it, which was amazing. I got to carry this basket, and I followed her around the corner. And lo and behold, the holiest temple in the whole region, where the scriptures are presented or printed, was right there. And she takes me into the temple, up the stairs, and onto the roof of the temple, which the roofs are flat. And they're actually earth, earthen roofs. And there was a whole bunch of these workers that were carrying fresh earth up onto the roof of the temple to kind of repack it for the next year because it wears, wears down. It rain, you know, rain carries the dirt away. I looked over the edge of the roof to the team that wasn't quite sure where I was, and I said, come on up. We've had an invitation. 
we got up there on the roof of the temple where it's the holiest site in this religion that is not Christianity. And guess what? There are no cameras up there. And I'm like, God, this is beautiful. What are you wanting to do? The next two hours, God began to break out in healing. A girl's ears were opened up. Pain was leaving bodies. It was just bang, bang, bang. It was so beautiful as we began to tell them about a Savior that loves them. We demonstrated his power. And then coming out of that time on the roof, because I think the managers were getting a little bit, we got to get work done. (laughs) Then some of the people on the roof said, would you come to our home? And for the rest of the day, we went from house to house where we got to demonstrate the power of Jesus as we were sharing the love of Jesus for people who had never heard. It was one of, one of the highlights of our 15 years uh, in the Himalayas. And the reason I, I share that story today is I hear that word invitation, that there's a fresh invitation for us as a house, as a school, as a global movement, that God is giving us an invitation in an even greater way to grab his heart for the nations. You know, this next year, we as a missions department are excited to tell you that we have a whole bunch of different opportunities for you to actually go. This last year, we restarted Bethel Go Trips. This next year, we've got a whole list, and I'd like to just read a few destinations to you. Are you ready for this? Lord willing, we will be going multiple times to the nation of Israel. How about Jordan? We've got one of the most anointed parking attendants on the planet. Who knows Sam? We love Sam. Sam is going to lead a trip to Mozambique, to the bush. I can't wait. We have some amazing family trips. You can take your whole family uh, to Romania and to Tijuana, partnering with the mission Uh, The Horner family, they've been part of this house for so long. We're going to have a trip to Spain to uh, go on a trek on the El Camino Trail, prayer and evangelism there. We're even going to have a trip into West Asia, and I can't tell you where. It's a covert location, but they've invited, we sent a, a school trip last year, and they said, what happened on that trip was so powerful. Would you send more? We have 110 more cities that need a team. And so we're going to be going to West Asia. How about Alaska? We're going to send a team to Alaska way up the Yukon. This this is remote. This is almost like a foreign mission trip, I'm telling you. There's a beautiful ministry there that's reaching out to Alaska Native kids who have one of the highest rates of suicide in the nation, if not the world. And we get to minister. We get to build, actually. We get to build uh, part of that camp there. So we're excited about these opportunities. There's going to be others as well. And we want to challenge you to go look. You can scan this, look at that link, uh, talk with our teams. We have a table in Hebrews Lobby back in the breezeway about these different trips that are coming up this next year because we believe as a house, God is calling us increasingly to go. There's a go in the gospel. Amen? Another way for y'all to get involved is to volunteer. And we would love to uh, make connections with what's on your heart for ways that you can serve and love on our missionaries. 
So we actually have a form on our website. You can go and, and find it there, volunteer form, but also out in the Hebrews lobby and in the breezeway, we have these forms as well that you can, you know, it's actually real paper and you can fill out the form and communicate ideas and, and desires on your heart, uh, ways that you would like to serve. Perhaps you wanna take missionaries out to a meal when they're in town. Maybe you just wanna give them a gift card to a grocery store or a restaurant. Maybe you have a, an extra vehicle that they could use while they're in town for a week, or you wanna cover the cost of an Airbnb. These kinds of things, what's on your heart, we would love for you to communicate that to our team so that when needs arise, we're able to reach out and connect those dots. And of course, we love to encourage y'all to continue to pray for our missionaries. Thank you for doing that. If you didn't grab a card last week, we still have photo cards available out in the lobby and in the breezeway to just ask the Lord, who do you want me to get behind in prayer this year? Oh, you know what? I wanna tell y'all a story. I wanna give you a testimony because it highlights the importance of the role of children as we ask the Lord how He wants us involved with prayer, with serving, giving, all of it. I wanna share a little testimony. Years ago, when our little girl was little, she's now almost 20, uh, when she was about five or six years old and we were living uh, in Asia, there was a situation that we heard about out in the Himalayan region where there was a terrible winter storm. Uh, there was so much snow that just kept coming, that yak were dying, that food uh, sources were getting really low. And we were hearing about these things, but as foreigners, we weren't allowed to go into that particular region. We weren't allowed to get on a bus and do that. We were trying to find a way to get those sources, the resources in through someone that we could trust. And the only person we knew was someone we actually didn't trust. And so we were hesitating and how, how do we do this? And we were praying. Now, we hadn't actually told our daughter at that time, we just had one child. But uh, on a homeschool morning, we started our day and we always started in worship. And I would let Liza, our daughter, just choose a song. It was usually one of those two minute children's courses, children's praise songs she would choose. And we'd get down on the floor and just soak under the worship. And I'll never forget this time because after that two minute song was over, she looked at me and she said, mom, mom, I just saw this mountain and everything was white. She said, there was snow everywhere. And I saw yak and they were dying. And there were some yak that were already dead. I saw bones of yak. And then she said, I saw people and they were reaching out to me and they were asking for help. I ran and found my husband. I'm like, we've got to act on this right now. We need to, to get involved however we can and get this food out there. So I just want to encourage y'all as you're digging in a little deeper with our missionaries, do it as families, do it in your communities of friends. It's beautiful. You know, last week, if you were here, you received uh, one of these, which is our, our annual kind of report for missions. If you didn't, if you weren't here last week or you didn't get one, we're going to have these available also on the back tables. We'd encourage you to look at this. There's a financial report. And I just want to say again, thank you for your generous giving to missions. It's just stunning uh, the way you have given. In fact, our general missions fund this last year, I think the video mentioned it, 
up 42%. And when you look at, at the general fund and what we give directly to missionaries through M accounts, what we give to short-term missions, it's like four and a half million dollars. So let's just, let's give a praise offering to Jesus. Thank you, God. And so this is, this is the one Sunday of the year where we lean in and we say, Lord, what would you have us do in this upcoming year as far as our giving to missions? And, you know, there's several ways that we give here at Bethel to missions. Occasion, we'll have special offerings. So, for example, when the war broke out uh, between Russia and Ukraine, we took a special offering in partnership with Bethel Global Response, and you gave almost a quarter of a million dollars to that. That's beautiful. So... So we have these special offerings on occasion. Uh, as I mentioned before, uh, most of our missionaries, you can go onto our website and give directly to them. They have an M account. And if you want to be connected directly with them, uh, that gift will go to directly to them. Uh, but we also uh, have this general missions fund. And that really is the primary way that we build missions here at Bethel. What that does is it allows us to keep our pledges to our missionaries. So the vast majority of our missionary family, as a church, we give them money every month. And so when you give to general missions, that allows us to keep those pledges. When you give more to missions, like this last year, we can increase the number of missionaries or sometimes give them a raise. And so we love doing that. It also allows us uh, to fund special projects. And so... Some of you will remember in Thailand that, that transformer gospel truck, you know, things, things like that. It also, missionaries will say, hey, you know, some of our missionaries in Central Asia said, for three years, our national workers haven't been able to get together. Would you be able to help us? And so for a week, we got to underwrite a conference for them to come, come together from all nations all over Central Asia. We, we got to come behind a project, which I can't even tell you where it is, uh, but but a, a national uh, church movement that's reaching out to unreached people in their country. Uh, we have a partnership there, and we were able to help uh, fund this project. And I just got to read this testimony to you. This is someone from an unreached people group, new believer, who got to attend this training. And he said this, after these trainings, I have a much better understanding of Jesus as my savior and how and why he is so much greater than Buddha. Yeah. <laughs> the false God I had worshiped all my life. Now I can say emphatically, Jesus is the true God. Yeah. He's turning into a preacher. I will never go back to worshiping the Buddha ever again. If not for the training, I wouldn't know how to preach the gospel or how to lead others to believe in the Lord or how to live a spirit-filled life. It is not only enough to hear the word, we must do it. Boy, this guy is getting it. I'm just so thrilled to be equipped to become a better disciple. Thank you. We will surely lead many more of our people to the Lord. So these are the kind of things that General Missions Fund allows us uh, to give. So if you didn't get one of these this morning, our ushers have these cards, these, we're calling it our invitation card. Would you raise your hand if you need one of these? We've got a few around the room. Also, if you would like a giving envelope as well, we're going to take an offering in just a minute. On this uh, invitation card, we want to underscore as we just laid out, that, 
that uh, God really, his main interest isn't in your money. It's in you. <laughs> but, you know, where our treasure is, there our heart is also, right? And it's such a privilege to give into the expansion of God's kingdom. I know before we were missionaries, we just, we love, how much can we give? You know, a lot of people are into stocks and they have their place, but it's kind of been a bad season here lately, hasn't it, in the stock market? But when we give into God's kingdom, when we give into missions, when we give to the house of God through our tithes, when we, when we support the Arise and Build campaign, we're investing in eternity. You know, you, you can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. Amen? And so uh, this card outlines the different ways that you can be involved. There's connection points there for praying, for giving, for going. A lot of us in the church, uh, we go on to the website here through Push Pay. You can go on the QR code and we set up a recurring gift, a recurring monthly gift. It's really up to you. Maybe a, a, once, a once a year gift as well to missions, but uh, that QR code will take you there to where you can set up a recurring gift. I'd encourage if you're going to do a re recurring gift, do an ACH transfer because then every penny uh, goes to the Lord's purposes. None of it hits the credit card companies. Amen. And I want to just direct uh, your eyes to the back of the card here. We've got a list of all of our missionaries. So we just wanted you to have that in one spot uh, just for prayer. Uh, also down there in the lower left corner, there are these words. It's a little bit small, but it says, I have chosen to make the following investment in Bethel Missions over the next 12 months. And there's a blank line there for you to fill that in. We'd encourage you just, just to write it down, what God's putting on your heart. Uh, don't put these in the offering plate. We're not going to track it. This is between you and the Lord. Uh, we want you to have this just as a, a reminder of what God is doing to the ends of the earth. Amen? So with that in mind, ushers, if you would come forward, uh, we are going to pray, all right, and commit this offering to the Lord. Stand up. Why don't everyone just stand up? Let's just stand up. Jesus, we, we thank you that you don't need our money. <laughs> you own the cattle on a thousand hills. But Lord, you give us the opportunity to, to bring our mites and in our pennies and our dollars uh, to you, Lord, for the furtherance of your gospel. What a privilege. If you haven't already prayed, let's just take a moment. Just ask Holy Spirit how he wants you to participate in this next year. Holy Spirit, speak. Thank you, God. We just acknowledge that all we have is yours. Thank you, God. And Lord, we just now bless this offering. We bless every dollar that is given. Lord, send those dollars out to the nations. Multiply them like the loaves and fishes, we pray, Lord, for the glory of your name, that Jesus would get his full reward. And we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. amen. So as our, you can be seated uh, as our ushers pass uh, the plates Cindy's going to share a little bit with us. We wanted to take some time here at the outset to talk about the heart behind missions. Why do we go? And I think the best answer really is, for God so loved the world. 
that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have life everlasting. For God so loved, that's why we go. It's simple. It's straight out of the love of God. In fact, the Bible says Christ's love compels us. As we're connected and falling in love with Jesus, we're compelled. It's a love that we can't stir up on our own. We can't do that. That does not last very long. Doesn't go very far. I can tell you that. It has to be out of connection with the Lord because only His love is enough. You know, this, he mentioned this picture is really special to us, to our family. Those are our mountains. I mean, I know Jesus created them, but they're our mountains. And, and it's just, it's home. It's home for my kids. It's a really special place for us. And we would stand on mountain passes and we would praise the name of the Lord. We would declare his goodness across the valleys. We would, we would be in awe of his beauty and his majesty in those mountains. But y'all also, we would be struck by the awareness that no one knew the name of Jesus out in those mountains. And while we would stand up on, on the mountain pass and we would declare his goodness, and we, we, know you are, we know that you're faithful, we know that you're trustworthy, we believe that. And yet there was this, this disconnect somehow where we knew that all of those out in the region where we were traveling had not heard the name of Jesus. And I can just wanna paint a picture for you of what it was like for us as we traveled. It took several days for us to even get to the region where uh, the language that we had been studying was effective. So it was many, many hours on public buses. And I can just remember so clearly in my mind descending from another mountain pass down into another valley, driving through another town and looking out my bus window and realizing that there wasn't anyone in that town who had heard the name of Jesus. Even when we lived in the mountain town a little bit later in our time there, even, even though I'd shared with some, most everyone who passed by my home, anyone I saw walk by uh, through my window, I was keenly aware that they still hadn't heard the name of Jesus. It was overwhelming to me because there were so many. There were so many. About 12 years ago, we went to Pemba, Mozambique, to the Iris Harvest School with our kiddos. They were seven and four at the time. And I remember being on the floor of the hut, the school hut, just weeping. Just weeping and weeping because all I could see were the faces. All I could see, just the faces of these people that we'd met or just passed by as we drove through. And I was overcome. And Mama Heidi Baker, she came over, she got down on the floor with me. She put her arms around me and she just 
held me as I cried and I said, there's so many, there's so many. And she just whispered in my ear, you just have to stop for the one. That changed everything for me because then I knew as I was connected to Jesus, as I was taking that time in a secret place and connected to him, he would show me, you know, because there's times, maybe some of you can relate, there's times where you just need to go out and buy milk and eggs or something, and in between you and that store, there are 10 different beggars, and they're all in great physical need, and it's overwhelming, but that's if we're looking with our eyes. We have to be connected to the Lord. Psalm 27, four. I love this scripture, y'all. Psalm 27, four. One thing, one thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Just one thing, and that's staying connected. And as we gaze on his beauty, it's like pouring oil on his feet. As we keep our focus fastened on Jesus, it's just pouring our worship on him, pouring our praise on him. No one else can do that for you. You can watch all the sermons of your favorite preachers all day long at home, but until you make that choice to step in, no one else can make that offering unto the Lord. Your sacrifice of praise. And as you pour out, guess what he does? He fills you right back up. You pour out and he fills us up. He's faithful. He keeps filling you up. It's the beautiful exchange that happens in the secret place. And so we talk about going. We, we long to see many go to the unreached peoples, right? But it starts right here in your home. That's where it really starts, in the atmosphere of your home, releasing his love and his kingdom in your home. And then to your neighbor, but don't let it stop at your neighbor or in your community. Because from there, it's just going out further to the ends of the earth. That's what the heart of missions really is, is to take it every, every time he puts someone in front of you that you know he's highlighted. Be faithful in that moment. And then it's going to increase and reverberate really from your neighborhood to the nations. So again, one thing, one thing, just keep it simple. Dwell, behold, and inquire in his temple. And he's gonna pour out his love through you to the nations. We felt like Holy Spirit was breathing on these words for this year in missions. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. A harvest is great. The laborers are few. Lift up your eyes and pray. And as Cindy just shared, the main place we're looking up, lifting up our eyes is, is not just the harvest, it's to the Savior. Amen.
It's to Jesus. How many of you would like just a fresh glimpse into heaven? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you don't want a fresh glimpse into heaven. Everybody wants a fresh glimpse into heaven. Turn with me in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 7. Because there we get a real glimpse through the apostle John who is taken to heaven to be shown things that will take place. And in Revelation 7, he's in the throne room. Uh, Verse 9, I'm going to start there by reading. After these things, I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations. Say all nations. All tribes. All peoples. And all tongues. Standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Isn't this a beautiful picture of what happens in heaven? Raise your hand if you're from a different country. Look around, folks. We've got people from all over the world in this room. I think that's one of the reasons why when we get to worship, heaven invades because we're we're getting closer to what it's really going to be like in heaven. Amen. Do you you know that this year we've got over 70 other nations represented in our school? Like this is really awesome. God God is on the move and God cares about all peoples. You know, the word says that he is the desire of all nations, right? But guess what? All nations and all peoples are his desire as well. You can go all the way back to the beginning. Remember the Abrahamic covenant. He says, I will bless you. I will make you great that in your seed, all the families of the earth will be blessed. We see it all through the Psalms. We see it in Isaiah Gentiles will come to the brightness of your rising. Who are the Gentiles? All nations, all peoples that weren't Jews, right? The the angels come to announce Jesus' birth. What do they say? Behold, I bring you great tidings of great joy, which will be to who? All peoples. Right there at the announcement of Christ. And, And... Lest we uh, forget, Jesus also emphasized this. So his, his last teaching with his disciples was in, one of his last teachings was in Matthew 24. And it was, it was rough times. The disciples actually thought, are we in the end times? What are the end times going to be like? And Jesus goes through this whole list of stuff that's going to happen. Wars, rumors of wars pestilences, diseases, but we've had one of those recently, haven't we? Um, Nation will rise up against nation. And then he makes this declaration. He says, this gospel, this gospel of the kingdom must first be preached as a witness to all the nations, to all the peoples, and then the end will come. In other words, don't get your eyes on the bad. What's going on down here? Don't get distracted. Lift up your eyes And keep the main thing the main thing. Preach the gospel. 
get this word to all peoples. It's on my heart. That's why I died. We're, we're in this amazing rescue plan of God. And, you know, the final command to Jesus, that Jesus gave to his disciples in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, just for emphasis, is what? What's the final command? We call it the Great Commission. It's the go of the gospel. Matthew 28, go into all the world and make disciples of how many? All nations. That word nations is ethnic, ethnos. It's not just the 198 nations that exist today in our, our present day world. It's the 16,000 ethnic people groups that live on the planet. Go and make disciples of every one of those people groups. That's the heart of Jesus. In Mark, uh, the emphasis is slightly different. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. In other words, everyone, I want everyone to have a chance to hear the gospel. I, I want whole peoples to come to me. I want whole nations to be discipled, but I want everyone to hear the gospel. In, in Luke and in John, he gives similar words. In John, I love it. He says, as the Father has sent me, how did the Father send Jesus? To seek and to save the lost. So send I you. And then just before his ascension in Acts chapter one, he actually gives him two commands. You remember the first one? Terry, wait. Wait in the city until you are endued with what? Power. Again, the great commission. I, I love the word commission. We, we use that in one sense. He got commissioned. But it's, I like to read it as co-mission. This is God's mission to seek and to save the world. And we get to do it with them. We get to co-labor with them. You know, when we were out on these mountains, sometimes we would say, God, it'd be a lot more efficient if you just send a thousand angels <laughs> to just demonstrate your power and just wipe away all of the blindness and, and heal all the people and the spiritual strongholds. But God's chosen us. We're his body. And he's inviting us into this place where he's given us the responsibility to go, to be his hands, to be his feet. You will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And then what? What is the power for? You shall be my witnesses. Amen? Is that a suggestion? No. Hudson Taylor, he said, the Great Commission isn't a suggestion to be considered. It's a command to be obeyed. But you know what? It, we don't do this out of duty. We do this out of joy, out of delight, out of love, because we love Jesus, because we've been in the secret place and we've, we've seen his face. And we know that nations are in his eyes. And we know that he died, that all peoples, would know him. And actually, we know it's going to happen. So it's like, we, get, we read the end of the book. <laughs> every nation, every tribe's going to be there. So he's inviting us to be a part of this rescue operation. Amen? Amen. I love it. One more heavenly encounter. Turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 6. Because the prophet Isaiah also got taken up into heaven. And I want you to observe here what happens. Very famous passage. Verse 1. 
in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. We see the angels, we see the seraphim all about him, crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The posts were shaking. The house was filled with smoke. Look at Isaiah's response in verse five. Woe is me, for I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Guess what happens when your eyes see the King? A seraphim flew to him. His tongue got cleansed with a burning coal. And I believe that's an Old Testament picture of new birth, the fire of God coming down upon him. Look what he says. The angel says, behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. And when he was in that right relationship with God, look what happens next. Verse eight, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? There's only one reply to that. And Isaiah got it right. Then I said, here am I. Send me. Here am I. Send me. You know, God has been working in our midst for a long time. He's been pouring out his spirit upon us. We're a people that move in power. We see healings. We see deliverances. The power is for a purpose. That we might be witnesses. Starting in our neighborhoods. <laughs> starting in our city. I love the fact that we have a heart to see Reading saved. We're passionate about that. We invest in that. Starting in our city but going to the uttermost parts of the earth. This is God's heart. We believe God is raising up a fresh movement of flaming arrows that'll go out from this house to the least reached and darkest places on the planet because he's worthy. He deserves the worship of every person. Do you remember Caleb? Caleb and Joshua, one of the faithful spies. They got in the land, didn't they? They were in the promised land. But there was still a lot of land that needed to be possessed. Caleb said, give me this mountain. Give me this mountain. There's still giants. Today, I want to give you just briefly the statistics. There's 16,000 people groups that God loves, cares about all across this world, roughly 8 billion souls, all for whom he died. 7,000 of those groups are unreached. 7,000 people groups. How can this be? The, the definition for that, less than 2% know Jesus. And when it's that few, uh, mission work is needed. Now, there's some really awesome news the awesome news is that about 20 years ago, Christian leaders, missionaries, mission agencies got together because half of those, those unreached people groups were what we call unengaged. 
Now, that doesn't mean they weren't married. <laughs> it means that no known believers, uh, certainly no churches, no scripture portions, no evangelistic resources, and no one engaging them to learn their language, to get these resources into their language. And so there was a concerted effort. Cindy and I got to be a part of that, where we got to go to engage an unreached people group. And I can tell you today that there are under a hundred of these unengaged, unreached people groups. I think we should clap on that one. What, what that means is that the, the words of Jesus to his disciples in Matthew 24, where he said, this gospel of the kingdom must first be preached in all the world as a witness to all the peoples. We might be the first generation in history that actually that is fulfilled. Amen? Like God is on the move. The kingdom is expanding. But I believe as just as that last generation went after the unengaged unreached people groups, as a people, we want to go after the unreached peoples. There are still 40% of people on the planet living in these 6,000 unreached people groups that have never heard the name of Jesus. And that's something worth living for. And in fact, that's something worth dying for. Amen? Wow. I feel like God, God is moving in this room. I felt like last week there was, there was such a recalibration as Dan preached, just in giving us a heart for the lost. You know, as Cindy shared, it, it begins there. It begins with a real passion for souls, for our neighbors. You know, what, what would happen if every one of us this year saw two of our neighbors come to Jesus? Like the new building wouldn't be, have enough room, <laughs> right? <laughs> Barely. <laughs> But in the power of the Holy Spirit, that can happen. I believe God is wanting to pour out compassion on us today. And if, if you feel like you want him to pour compassion on you, I'd just like you to stand where you are in your seats. Just stand up. That you, you want a fresh dose of the compassion of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. This is, this is a, a prayer that he delights to answer. <laughs> Why don't you, I think it's just about everybody. Some of you are so compassionate that if he gave you any more, <laughs> you wouldn't be able to walk. Some of you can't stand as well. That's fine. But let's just put a hand on the neighbor next to you. And we just want to impart compassion. We want to ask God to pour out compassion for the lost. Compassion for souls on us right now. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Make us a people who are caught up with your heart for the lost, God. You came to seek and to save the lost. And you said, so send I you. Oh, God, give us passion for our neighbors. Mm -hmm. Give us passion, compassion for our city. Mm -hmm. and, and Lord, take us all the way to the nations, to the uttermost parts of the earth, Lord. Mm 
give us compassion, God. I feel like there's also just a release right now of boldness because <laughs> it takes courage, stepping out, taking risks. So God, right now we cry out for your boldness. Crazy courage. Thank you, God. Crazy courage. Crazy courage, yes. In step with the Spirit. Yeah. In yeah. step with the Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. I feel like we're marked by being Joshua's and Caleb's. Ones that don't listen to the bad reports, but we look to our Savior and we say, there's land to be possessed. Let's go in. Let's take that land. Your neighbor's waiting. Our city is waiting. Our nation is waiting. And certainly, the unreached peoples of the world are waiting. People ignited with the power of God. The Holy Spirit also this morning is marking lives to go. If maybe for the very first time, you're sensing God doing something inside that you can't explain, but there's a fire. There's an there's a inner sense of I've got to do something because God is marking me for nations. He's, he's wanting to set my life ablaze to go. If that's you, I just ask you to come to the front. Our church leadership team, our Bethel missions team, we would love to just pray for you. I believe God is going to mark lives. Just, just make your way to the front. Come on up. Be bold. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Cindy and I used to pray, give me a man. Give us a woman. And we can change a nation. God's doing that this morning. He's setting apart men and women to go to the nations. Isabel Kuhn, that great missionary to China, said this, I believe that in each generation, God has called enough men and women to evangelize all the yet unreached tribes of the earth. It is not God who does not call. It is man who will not respond. Thank you for responding. Come on up here. Let this be a holy moment. Some of you may want to get on your knees. This is really between you and God. Our leaders are going to come around and just, just seal this moment as you, as you pray. God's asking you to lay it down. Lay everything down. Your plans, your dreams, and it's a great exchange. He gives you his. Ask of me, and I will give you nations for your inheritance. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You're handing out assignments right now for nations, for unreached peoples, God. Thank you, Lord. Move mightily. Come in power, we pray. Set these lives apart for the gospel. 
fire of God come. You're gonna go out as flaming arrows. Not arrows that burn out, but they stay ablaze, filled with oil, the oil of his presence, bringing light, bringing hope. David, he's all over you. So this is your moment. He's sealing and signing his call in your life. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. I believe he's highlighting Northern Africa and Central Asia right now to some of you. Thank you, God. Regions that are desperate for the gospel. Southeast Asia, never be the same. Thank you, Lord. All it takes is one laid down life to change a nation. The word says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. Looking, looking, looking. What's he looking for? Hearts that are perfect towards him. Not people that are perfect. Hearts that say, yes, I'll follow you. I'm laying down my life. And then God says, I've got a man. I've got a woman. I can change a nation. Thank you, Lord. Church, if you just extend your hands to these at the altar, this is a, this is a holy moment. It's a marking moment. Thank you, God. Some of you might be wondering, what's, what's the next step? I want to assure you this. Faithful is he who called you. He will also do it. <laughs> so the questions that come next, just begin to thank him. He's going to show you what the next steps are. Some of you need to come to BSSM. <laughs> what a great place to get equipped. You can come online. You can come part-time. God will equip you. Others of you, go on one of our trips. Boy, that's a place where God's going to activate and stir up the gifts and the callings of God on your life. But most of all, one thing, stay connected to the vine. Trim those oil lamps. Let his oil rest upon your life. Jesus said, if you abide in me, my words abide in you. You will ask what you will and it will be done. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But with me, in me, with my life throwing, flowing through you, you can do all things. And you will bear much fruit. Thank you, God. Just stay a few more moments. 
Thank you, God. a holy moment. You know, in a room this size, we also just want to give a chance. If there's a few people in the room that you don't really know Jesus, you've never experienced this exchange where where he takes all of your sin because of what he did on the cross. And he nails it to the cross. And then he gives you his very life. The Bible calls that being born again. The Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And if this morning you're saying, that's what I want. I, I want to know more about this Jesus that would, that would cause people to go and lay their lives down at an altar to serve him. I, I want to know that kind of God. If that's you today, would you just raise your hand? Just raise your hand. Let me see it. Is there anyone in the room that says, I want to know Jesus? Give you just a minute more. Take a boldness on your part. All right, if that's you, we've got friends over here at the Freedom Banner who would love to lead you to Jesus. Don't be shy. Don't be bashful. Get up here. It's the most important decision you can ever make in your life. The Bible says now is the day. Today is the day of salvation. Thanks for listening to the Bethel Church Sermon of the Week. If you'd like to partner with us in discipling nations and fueling personal revival, you have the opportunity to give at Bethel.tv forward slash podcasts forward slash donate. Let's bring heaven to earth together. Have a blessed day.